Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter of Eye of the World. I am your host, Will Cowan, and with me, like always, is Steve Haynes. Steve, tell me how you're doing. How are you doing? Doing really good. It's a new week. Yeah. It's a new day. It's a new tell Steve. Me, tell me tell me about it, man. I feel, I feel like we don't talk enough anymore. <laughs> well, that's on purpose. <laughs> I don't like to uh, mix business and pleasure anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so today we're going into chapter chapter twenty one, and I kind of, I kind of like think of this week as kind of momentous week. We've been doing this for now over twenty episodes, so and we've now seen kind of an uptick in our listeners. So for those of who are just brand new, just getting into the show, uh, that aren't really willing to go back to the episode one, you just want to start right now. We're gonna start off with another round of intros. So you guys, yeah, sort of a little re- reintroduction here, and uh, also just catch you up to speed, maybe, on uh, sure. what's going on in this book. Sure, uh, I guess I'll start. So this this podcast is kind of designed to be your daily book club of just going through the chapter and just talking about it in a very informal f- format. Like it's we're not oh, experts yeah. here. Like far from I've <laughs> yeah, very far from it. Like I. I come from background of writing. I've written for uh, multiple uh, papers in Calgary, and now I work as a copywriter. So reading and writing has always been in my forte, and making this podcast was just a kind of a way to talk about some stories and like connect connect with one of my best friends on Aww. on books. So that's that, that's what we're trying to give you guys here. We're just giving you guys a couple of buds. Talking about sci-fi and fantasy novels. Yeah, that's basically the goal here. I mean, uh, yeah, you're you're a writer and everything. Um, you know, I'm just a big nerd. Uh, no, yeah, lots I would of say, fantasy and and you know, I would say you have the most podcast experience out of both. Well, of <laughs> thank you. No problem. I do. So yeah, so why don't we just kind of like do a quick <clears throat> recap? I. I'm, we're gonna gloss over a ton of stuff right now. We're like, gonna have to, I, like a ton. Yeah. So I don't want to spend more than like maybe five minutes, kind of going over where we are. But to get you all caught up to speed, in this book, Eye of the World, uh, of the Wheel of Time series, it's a fantasy series. Uh, I don't even know where to start, Steve. <laughs> here's here's what we're gonna do. Clearly, we've realized that we can't just. Uh, surmise everything that's happened so far. So yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. You're going to have to go back and listen to the 20 episodes. But if you really don't want to, the shortest version I can give you is that we have a band of heroes that are put together, some warriors, some wizards, some would-be warriors who are actually just village farm boys, but maybe they're destined for more. They're being attacked by things called Trollocs. Yeah. Sent by a dark lord the dark lord maybe even perhaps and the trollocs are are half animal human hybrid monster creatures that are hunting them down they've been on the run for quite some time they've been on the move and uh we're actually sort of at a at a milestone in the book where the group starts to get uh, is now getting separated and they've been yeah. one solid unit 
getting chased around by Trollocs, fighting, learning things about the, about the world, learning things about themselves, about their destinies, perhaps. Yep. Yeah. And and, uh, <clears throat> and now they've been separated. Yeah, We've we're got some of them that. on a boat. We've got some of them not on a boat. Yeah. We're kind of at that part now. It's the very, it's like the breaking of the fellowship. Totally. You know? Yeah. So a bunch of the, a bunch of character development and a lot of character interactions has been built up to this point. I highly recommend going in and reading this book. Uh, it's a good time. Like it's a, it's a bit wordy. It's fantastic. It's a, but it's a good time and it will, it, it will definitely help you kind of know what we're talking about when we're going through this series. If you don't want to, that's fine. We're just a couple of buds here to give you some entertainment uh, while we're stuck inside and uh, talking to each other about books. Yeah, so uh, without further ado of us rambling on, in our awful <clears throat> summary there, let's get back to it. I mean, we're at chapter 21. Ch- chapter 21 called Listen to the wind. I think we mentioned this yesterday when we were like, now it's no longer dust on the wind. You got to listen. The dust is off. The dust is gone. Now you got to listen to it. And the book and this chapter opens up with uh, Nynaeve. And this is the first time that we've actually had kind of a, a focus point on Nynaeve. Like the narrator's telling her, her point of view of the story. This is a Nynaeve chapter and it is annoying <laughs> because Nynaeve is annoying. Nynaeve is really annoying. There's a it it opens up immediately after the the nonsense that happened la- the night before where everybody was broken up. Rand and Matt and Tom are on a boat. Perrin and Gwen are Perrin's across the boat. Nobody knows. We, where we don't really is. know where they are right now. Yeah. Perrin's in the river, I guess. Yeah. He just crossed the river. We don't know. Uh, but we open up with Nynaeve in the morning and she's just waking up. And she hears kind of some Trollocs in the background, but it's kind of obvious that they're gone at this point. So she's a little bit more relaxed, and she's kind of just digesting everything that's just happened in the night before. Yeah, she's she's moving. She's on her horse. She's traveling along the river, yeah. keeping high alert. Yeah. Um, watching the woods, watching for Trollocs. Yeah, there's one – the thing that I really like – or I caught from this chapter. I don't know if I like it, but I caught from this chapter is she talks to herself. She's the only character that actually has done that yet. Like I, everybody has like, you know, when it goes into italics and they're thinking that's everybody has that, but she actually talks out loud. She talks out loud. Nynaeve really seems like she has like something to prove, right? Like it's gotta be because she's, she's like a, she's, she's the wisdom of the, of the village they come from Emmons field. And a wisdom is like um is like the 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 town wild town, I guess town so mage, ahead. town herbalist. It's it's this uh it's a kind of this leadership role. Yeah, it's a position existing. of authority who they they're healers, they they know they they do it all. Yeah. But But she she's comes, a very young one. Yeah. And she's she only comes, a few years older than the boys. Exactly. Um, but you know, still refers to them as children, still trying to look out for them a lot of the time. Thus comes across as very, very annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's here to kind of per, put burst the bubble on the fun, you know? Oh yeah. She, like she I I like her character, but that is kind of her job. She's like the, she's the straight face where she goes like, We can't do that. These are children. And everybody else is like, Shut the fuck up. We're gonna do that. 
So from her perspective, she's kind of like she's she's digressing what's happened the night before and she thinks about this scene when from the night before where she's riding off by herself and she comes across a couple of Trollocs. And uh the Trollocs look at her and they just kind of like turn the other way. They're not they don't they're not after her and they know that they're not after her. And it confirms something that Moraine said to her earlier in the in the in the book where they're after the kids in some in some way or some way or form. The kids are the target here, not Moraine, not Lan, these kids. And Nynaeve mm-hmm. realizes this when she has this interaction with the Trollocs, and she's like, that bitch. <laughs> How is she right? I hate that she's right. Oh, she hates it. Because again, she doesn't want to be wrong. She feels like she has so much to prove that she wants to be the one. She wants to be right. Yeah. And at this point, she uh, she gets up, she dusts herself off, she cleans off her horse, and she starts to smell some smoke in the air, like a fire. And she yeah, like, follows it, um, follows the trail, and finds Moraine and Lan. Yeah, out. but she doesn't go. This is kind of really shitty, you know. It is shitty, isn't it? Where she, she pulls a little sneaky snake and and spies on him for a bit before she yeah. lets him know that she's there. Yeah, 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 listening to their conversations because I get like she's probably just her intentions here is kind of to get dirt on Moraine, like trying to prove her wrong, trying to take away her credibility for this whole disaster that they're in, right? So she hangs off in the bushes somewhere and she listens to their conversation. And the conversation between Land and uh, Moraine is about the events of the night before. It's, yeah, it's it's about what you'd expect them to be talking about. <clears throat> exactly. They're talking about the Trolloc attacks. They're talking about the separation of the whole group. Where are the boys? Yeah. And, and uh, Ma- Maureen mentions that she's uh, scouted out a bit and and can sense that they're uh, the ones in the river. Some are down the river. Yeah, she she's not entirely sure where they are. But she mentions something that's kind of good to point out is that well, Lan is actually kind of freaking out about this. He's like, that wasn't just a hundred Trollocs and four fades. That was like a thousand. There were like a thousand after us. How did they deploy this massive force to come after us this quickly? You can't just Yeah, Lan's trying to make sense of it and cannot. Yeah, he's like, they must have deployed all these guys from uh like after they crossed the Tarn Ferry, uh, or after they crossed the Tarn, sorry. But how did nobody notice this? But if they were going to send that amount of people anyways, why didn't they just do it at Emmons Field? You know, like there's all these different mm-hmm. questions going on. And that kind of makes Lan the the plot protector. He's like, don't worry. I know you got questions. I'm asking those questions, too. Mm-hmm, He's like mm-hmm. being the audience in a way, which is kind of cool. And then uh, Moraine kind of says, like Moraine then goes She's, like she. It doesn't take her long to uh, to sense that Nynaeve is poking around. Yeah, she's like, you can come out, Nynaeve. And Nynaeve is, like, pissed about that. She's like, what the fuck? She's like, and, like, you gotta feel pretty shitty if you get caught spying on them. And now, like, that just, like, opens up a whole pile of distrust between the two groups. But Moraine Absolutely. and Nynaeve have this conversation. It's a very relieve, uh, revealing conversation. And it's kind of more about Nynaeve's past and how Moraine kind of sees her as somebody that can touch the one source 
you know, she's like, I see it in Egwene and I see it in you as well. And I bet you've had these experiences in the past where things worked out really well for you. And then you've been followed up with like horrible sickness. Like it could be just healing somebody and you know, the healing is going to go right. Or maybe even just detecting or just knowing when somebody's around the corner. But when you touch that power, or when you access it, you get really sick right after. Mm-hmm. So touching, touching the one source, it's kind of like a, a give and take, you know, like when you're using the true, the true it source, is, it is hundred percent a give and take. So whenever you use something, it kind of degrades you, not degrades. It kind of deteriorates you. In a, deteriorates. In a yeah. It takes away. Exactly. A bit. So Moraine, now you, with that in mind, with the power that Moraine's been using lately, like she probably feels like garbage. Oh, she's probably all sorts of messed up. Oh man. And she's like, she's trying to hold everybody together and still trying to be like the leader and all this, but it is, it can be tough, man. But especially after this conversation, when you realize like, Oh, she's, taken a lot of pain just to kind of hold everybody together but she's she says to Nynaeve that i sense that you have this power too like exactly it, yeah in the same way that Egwene is able to touch the true source Nynaeve Nynaeve is able to do it as well but Nynaeve is a little bit more trained because she's a wisdom right exactly yeah so Nynaeve already has some sort of uh level of control yeah not not a great not a great grasp yeah it's a crude control and naive kind of like thinks about this a little bit and she's like yeah there are wisdoms who can the 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 term is listen to the wind that's how they kind of like describe the chapter yeah uh of the powers listening to the wind um but Egwene or not Egwene uh Moraine starts talking about like however the point is is that you're not trained in using the one the the true source or the one power neither is Egwene and but the fact that you can touch it that is very beneficial to you but it's because you're not trained it could kill you over time yeah she and in fact she says like she's she's surprised it hasn't already and you're, yeah she's like you're lucky it hasn't well she makes a comment about Nynaeve's power and she's like I believe Egwene to be one of the best, like the has the potential to be one of the most powerful Aes Sedai in the last like couple of centuries. And if I'm right, you may be even more powerful than she is. Yeah, and especially since Nynaeve already has some level of control and understanding. Egwene does doesn't. Yeah. And Maureen mentions that if she isn't able to gain control, then she's fucked. Yeah, exactly. Like it'll kill her. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, so another thing that she mentions in this part is that um, she says that at some point, Nynaeve must have healed Egwene or Perrin. And that was how she was able to find them at the inn. And this is the first time we hear of this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and we, this is the first time we hear of this sort of... Because Nynaeve, remember, just showed up at the inn and at the stag and line. And she just said, like, my tracking abilities. Yeah, she was like, oh, I just kind of found, I just kind of found you guys, and you know, I think she believed that. Mm-hmm. But really, what it was is that uh, she's she's healed one of them. So then we find out now that as a wisdom, when you're healing people, um, you, I mean, you're you're the, one of your uh, 
one of your roles and responsibilities as a town healer. And when you're healing people, you have this sort of bond to them. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really get into it much, but they do, they do mention this. So the thing I was thinking about that though, is if she is the town healer, I mean, does she bond with anyone she heals? If she heals a scrape or, or, you know, a blister, I think it has to do is that the same connection as a broken bone. I think it's a little more intricate than that. Cause like there's a, there's a point where they're talking about the healing and Moraine says like, you've must have sensed that like the herbs you're going to use for this person is going to work better than it would for another person. Like you just have that in- inherent feeling and mm-hmm. Nynaeve has that inherent feeling for Egwene. Like she, she just knows kind of what to do to help her. I think that's what Moraine was kind of talking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, it's not that you can just heal everybody and there you can create a bond. It's finding this connection with somebody. And I think the fact is, is that because Egwene is also connected to the the true the true source in some way, and Ineve is connected to the true source, they can sense each other. And it's that's why it's not the same way as when you know Nynaeve, uh heals parent because parent's not connected in that same way makes sense you know i mean it's it's like there's a there's a whole magic system here and i think we're we're getting past the tip of the iceberg and we're starting to get into the real meat and potatoes of it the juice the real juice of it but like with any magic system like there is a little bit of like like you got to take it at face value you can't get into it a little i think this might be one of these one of those things yeah you gotta let it just kind of take the plot a little bit uh and not have to explain it because if you go ahead and explain everything you're gonna end up with a 13 book series <laughs> that's it <laughs> so uh Nynaeve kind of has this internal reaction where she's like that bitch she knows so much she hates her she's like she's kind of seething with hatred for moraine like yeah a lot of a lot of jealousy yeah, and envy going on there, and all kinds of like it's not it's not necessary for her to be this angry, especially that like Moraine's gone out of her way <laughs> to make sure this entire group is fine, you know, like multiple times. Yeah, and has brought more people on the group. Like, you want to come with? But she's an Aes Sedai and still not trusted. I guess so, but that's a Nynaeve has to get over her prejudices. We're out. That's what I mean. She's I. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> we got to get out of that mind space of the two rivers in Emmons Field. We're in the real world now, baby. It's you got to expand your mind, greener pastures, and all that. So, Nynaeve then, or not Nynaeve, Moraine talks about what they're going to do next. And she starts talking now about uh, what she's feeling, like uh, in regards to the coins, right? Yeah, so she mentions like she can track the boys with the coins that she gave mm-hmm. them. She then, I mean, last chapter, a couple of the boys gave their coins away. Exactly. So she says, "I can sense a couple." I last time I sensed these two coins, they were going south, and then I stopped sensing them. There's one more coin that I do sense, but I think our best bet is to go after the two coins that are missing. So, of course, the one that she does sense has to be Perrin. The two she doesn't are Matt and Rand. Exactly. So, 
and then Nynaeve makes a makes a whole thing like, what about Egwene? What about Perrin? Like, aren't we going to do anything about that? And Moraine has to make that judgment call where she's like, they could be anywhere right now, especially Egwene. They don't know where where Egwene is because Perrin's all de- got lot washed away in the river, and Egwene is out in the wind. Nobody knows where Egwene is, and there's no coin for Egwene. There's no kind of sensing for Egwene. Like maybe Nynaeve can sense sense her way and find her. But uh, well, she definitely can now that she knows she has the the connection. Exactly. But as far as the immediate mission goes, Moraine is like, we got to follow the south. Go south. We got to follow that trail. See where those coins went, and maybe we'll come across. Maybe we'll come across the rest of them as we go. <clears throat> yeah, and she also mentions that I, the I mean, the main reason why they have to do this, on top of all that, is that the Dark One is after those boys. Mm-hmm. And Moraine opposes everything that the Dark One is after. Mm-hmm. So she has to stop him from getting the boys. So she got she got to find the boys. Got to got to find the boys. Got to find them boys. And the chapter leaves off here with um Nynaeve having like a, a bit of an internal monologue where she's like you better hope that those kids are alive and unharmed or else I'll yeah, bring down a f- really worried about Egwen and everyone else and but she, then right after that, Lan shows up with her horse, and he's like, I got your horse for you. Yeah. <clears throat> but Nynaeve is thinking about, like, I will kill you if this oh, yeah. if this problem is... Uh, She's um, very very much a prote- uh, being a protective mama bear of sorts. Yeah. Which, I don't know, man. That could be... That could, bre- that could prove to be troublesome. And it'll, it could get her well, killed. Well, that's what I mean. Like, that's... I think it's, it's coming from her position... Um, from being in that position of the wisdom, from being young, mm-hmm. um, from sort of, you know, she doesn't want to let anyone down and she wants to do the best that she can yeah. in that position and protect everyone, even if maybe she can't. But sounds like she's going to become a pretty strong wizard lady. So she, I'm on board for that. She could be, but hopefully she doesn't like turn evil because of her hatred for Moraine. I could see it. Like, cause the dark, like if maybe the dark one can come and sneak his way in there, like Palpatine style. And he's like, I have the power that you want. If you do this one thing for me, mm-hmm. kill that bitch. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Tempting. But that, that ends our chapter today. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, uh, with a very short chapter, actually. Um, a path chosen chapter 22. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, for all the new listeners that are joining are joining in hopping on welcome stay with us we love you welcome. already. welcome thank you so much and uh we'll be we back tomorrow